Harold and Dad before we even start. That was a cool opening. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Welcome to Nonpro's uh, review of Netflix's Masters of the Universe Revelations. Um, one. one revelation. One, part one. <laughs> yeah, part one. <laughs> Really, just half a revelation. It's just we're on the we're on the dark side right now. Uh, I'm uh, well. Our names are in our lower thirds. If you're listening to the podcast, it's Frank, Ken, Pete, and Al, and we're talking about He Man and the Masters of the Universe. Uh, big show. Uh, this was um, interesting. I didn't do a lot of research about this beforehand before it came out. I was excited that it happened. Uh, obviously, we've been talking about it on our fan club for quite a while. But I uh, didn't know it was going to be part one of two. Didn't know it was only going to be five episodes long. Um, didn't even really know what He Man was. What is what is He Man? Is it some sort of some sort of jam? I don't know. It's it's basically Thundercats, but for non furries. Oh, I see. I see. I see. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. It does. So we should we should discuss our um our um. Are, are basically our street cred when it comes to He-Man, like whether or not we've we've watched or or enjoyed Masters of the Universe toys uh, from a while. I uh, we don't have to dwell on this too long. I think we're all longtime fans. Most of us are currently wearing uh, Masters of the Universe apparel and have toys in the background. Uh, I, I love that <laughs> shirt, Pete. I love that shirt. I God, I love that shirt. Um, it's a good one. Thank you. So, yeah, and for, for those who are listening to the podcast, it is Skeletor's face, but He-Man's quaff, which, spoiler alert, doesn't or, actually happen. Or is it mm-hmm. He-Man's hair with Skeletor's face? I think that's what I said. Maybe. Go back to that bit. It's possible. Go back yeah. and we'll yeah. check yeah. again. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're all old-time fa- I I was a fan back in the uh, 80s. Uh, I think I, I honestly think I'm... I don't know which one came first. I think I may have seen the filmation short and that got me into the toys. I think it's the toy I collected the most of, uh, which is interesting because I have not found the box of He-Man toys that I'm almost positive still exists. But like, I loved, loved He-Man. It made me, it got me obsessed with like science and fantasy connected together. It was, I, I was all about He-Man. Uh, let's, Ken, what about you? He-Man toys, uh, I guess, made me appreciate terrible puns. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good. It, it, it and Stinkor and Fisto and yeah. Too bad. Too Buzz bad. Buzz off. Yeah. Evil Lynn. <laughs> uh, speaking oh, of terrible puns, Pete. Yes, I am a terrible pun. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I was uh, I was an original adopter of He Man. Uh, I had that. That was to me what VCRs were created for. Mm. I actually, thanks to my my father, God rest his soul, uh, he uh, he taped virtually every He Man episode as it aired. That's awesome. And to be honest, I don't think I went back and watched it once. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, before we because I, wa- that- I was watching it live on TV. Yeah, well, live yeah. as yeah. it aired. <laughs> They animated it live. It was a great strain on the animator's wrist. Mm. Uh, Al, how about you? You're young. Um, I my experience actually was with the 2000X series. I knew uh, it when that came out. Uh, I, I actually it. know so little about He Man other than like it was just part of the cultural zeitgeist. But that mm. 2001 2002 series, like it was, I don't know, it was it was very anime inspired and it hit that just that right niche for a teenager of that time or barely teen as it were. So like it was just really cool. 
can I can I jump in? Because I'm really curious talking to Al being the younger of us and jumping yeah. in that late. You know, Frank Pete, you know, we grew up with the whole thing with the show was a half hour advertisement to buy toys. Right. Mm. When the 2000 show came out, it wasn't really a big marketing thing. It was Cartoon Network trying to tell stories. They made toys, but it wasn't the main focal point. So, like, so I'm curious, Al, like, what really were you impressed with with the story of Masters of the Universe? Um, it weird, it hit that, like, because this was right as, like, Dragon Ball Z and all those other, like, big fighty shows came out. And it sort of slotted itself real easy in with the rest of them because it was really came down to the action scenes were really, really good. Mm. Uh, so I don't know it, it, it was, but it was Americanized. So it was like, it was like the stuff that I remember when I was a kid, but I was a little older. So it felt a, a little bit more appropriate and kind of safe for me to get into because like, Oh, they actually punch each other now. Right. Um, yeah. So it, it yeah, was, yeah, I, I could definitely see that being the appeal. And yeah. I think that's kind of what the appeal of the Netflix show uh, was hoping for, that there was like this audience that fondly remembers He-Man but wants something new and more adult in a way and more gory and violent. Um, I think we should address the um, one the thing that just came up. Ken said that the old Masters of the Universe cartoons were effectively just toy commercials. And that's a thing you hear a lot of uh, people say about 80s properties and IPs that come back. And this is obviously a big one. This is what we're going to be talking about the entire episode. Yep. Uh, I think it's super fair to say that Masters of the Universe was a toy commercial. A half-hour toy commercial. I don't, I don't think that's really like, you know, like a, like a dig. Uh, literally Mattel was like, we have these, to we're going to make these toys we can do action figures too. And, uh, since, you know, these comics aren't really doing it for us, maybe we can make a cartoon show and just give it away and people will watch that it. Was literally what happened. Like you go and watch the documentary yeah. on Netflix that they have. There was literally just a meeting where Toys R Us was like, so you have these comic books in the package, right? The thing is, uh, <laughs> no the range you have, you can't read yet. Oh, we didn't tell you that we're gonna do a TV show. Uh, like literally, on, like in that moment, as they were like kind Road of worried, like, oh, we didn't say we're gonna do a TV show. We're doing a TV show. Did you know? <laughs> despite that, uh, Masters of the Universe has a long history, and everybody, the people who love it, love it deeply. Even if you, again, only love it because of the toys, uh, you really do get attached to those toys. Either the mini comics in the back, or the little thing explaining 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 the uh, origin of the character like it, it's not just a toy commercial of the people who love it we're not going to be dismissive of any of this and we're not going to be overly um uh, like attached to it we're gonna we're gonna cover this new show and what we think about it um so uh and i guess one more thing uh to to cover before we begin we're not we're gonna i don't know we're not jerks <laughs> We're not jerks. We're, I mean, yeah. we're kind of jerks, but we're not like boring jerks. Uh, I think we, we're going to go like pretty much a full gamut on this. I think we all have slightly different opinions on the show, uh, I and, but I don't think any of them are going to be informed by uh, rank stupidity. Uh, so let's cover it. Uh, as far as IP rebooting goes, this was a mixed bag for me. Some of it worked really, really, really well. And some of it just like, yeah, it's okay. I'm all right with this. I'm all right with it. Uh, what did you What did you think? Uh, who wants to go first? Who wants to talk a little bit? Ken? Um, 
you know, part of my issue, I think, if, if there's one issue I have with this new one, it's under the guise that we're already supposed, we're already expected to know who all of these characters are. Okay. Um, there wasn't a lot of character development on my end, but if you grew up with it, it was an archetype, so you knew who they were, uh, in a way. Uh, you were at least somewhat familiar. I mean, it, face fact, the show was gauged for people that grew up with the show. Yeah. Mm. So they had that going into it, so it was kind of a cool thing, but there wasn't a lot of things where we got to experience characters individually, whereas in the old cartoon... I guess because they were selling toys, an episode could just focus on a brand new character that was being introduced because they were selling that toy in the new line. Like, yeah, we, yep. we were introduced to Zodak for an episode <laughs> or we were introduced to so and so. So we actually got character development being introduced to the origins of these people. We don't have that in this. Yeah. I mean, you also have the 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 like dozens of episodes a season, right? To do this. Right. So, the old series had the benefit of 50 plus episodes per season. Right. right. So I would say that if there was any character development, if there was an arc, right, it would probably be Tila. And I would even go far as far as to say it's Tila and Evelyn. Right. I think that little, um, not quite buddy cop, but like duo did work for me, especially Evelyn. Evelyn's yeah. arc through this, uh, and there is an arc. I mean, it's quite obviously she, oh, I'm sorry. Spoilers for the entire five part. Uh, five episode part one, um, because of course there's going to be spoils for this. But yeah, despite the fact that the Anne Evil in, ends up in the same place she started, it's clear that there's sort of like uh, there's more going on behind the scenes. Yeah, she didn't just accept her role as being bad again, but she read the room effectively, and I think ended up back in in a similar square one. But she does have a full arc in this. Uh, where you, we get a lot, we follow a lot of what she's going through. Tila, of course, is a major part of the the new of this this storyline as well. You get to play around with the notion that she wasn't part of the inner circle in the original series, and why that might be. Um, for me, the the major problem was almost the opposite of what Ken said. Uh, it's there's so much exposition for things, and it's kind of ham fisted when it happens. Uh, a lot of it is just like people just explaining to the to the camera what is happening in this world, and some of it works really well. A lot of this is issues with dialogue, and you know we could put this on the feet of Kevin Smith, but I also don't know like the good things could be his fault, his and the bad things could be his fault. It's hard not it's hard to know where the line goes. Some of it is like smooth and interesting, and it really makes you think like, oh, this is a person who's been thinking about Masters of the Universe for a while. And some of it's like, this is just this is just ridiculous. Uh, and all that to me is and I, it's a question I always ask when we talk about these kinds of IPs. Who is this for? Who is this show for? Right? Ken, you said it is it's not it's not for kids. Little kids aren't gonna go into this knowing who any of these characters are or care that He-Man dies in the first few minutes, which is, you know, I think blown out of proportions proportion yeah. in, in he online really kind of dies quote unquote. Like it's, yeah, yeah it's he, he's a... in every episode. So yeah. I don't know how much he dies in the beginning of this. Um, but yeah, the question is who is this for Pete? You said that was a good question. What, what do you, what yeah. do you think about all that? That's, that's my question. I, I don't have an answer for that. Um, because it's it's not 
for the new fans because there's really not much of an in point for them. You have to know He-Man before you start watching this. Um, at some incarnation of He-Man, at least. Right. I don't think they even explain the fact that Adam is his secret identity until he makes the transformation. Yeah, it's not it's not one of the big pieces of exposition, which honestly I liked, but yeah. it's hard well, to watch this as a person who isn't familiar with who He-Man is. So mm -hmm. maybe I would have been lost if I was just a kid trying to watch this for the first time. It's also not for the hardcore fan who really wanted he -Man, a He-Man show. I mean, you hear lots of people online complaining about that, that they didn't get the He-Man show they thought they were promised. Right. And I know we don't want to delve too deep into that, but that's out there. You can find it if you want. Yeah, yeah. It and I, be hard. I think that's the one part I'm not, I'm iffy on, right? Because it really, like, I'll be honest, the first half, the first half of part one of two <laughs> did kind of feel that way to me when I was like, oh, this is not bad, but it's like, oh, this isn't really anything that I'm, and I can't even think of particular moments that did it. It was just a little bit slower than, but as we got to see more and more of Eternia post T-Man in these five episodes, I did kind of feel like, all right, I guess my, I flipped the switch in my head and I was like, oh, this is the, this is the master of the universe I'm going to get. I'm going to get what happens when Trilo uh, Triclops becomes a religious zealot. What <laughs> happens when, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It was okay. It, it, I had to change my expectations and I would consider myself a hardcore fan. But yeah, it is iffy whether or not it really does the job. Ken. I'll give you one. I'll, I'll, I'll bring one thing up. I think it was part of the audience was guys like me who grew up playing with the toys and loving with the cartoons who created their own episodes in their head, playing with the cartoon or uh, playing with the toys. Cause one of the things I used to do was what would happen if Skeletor actually got the sort of power, which right. never happened in the cartoons. And that was a thing that I always did in my head playing with these toys. So I'm like, maybe this show is for me. Uh, that's fair. Al. I think it, I think Ken's kind of right. Like it's it, it's in that weird nebulous part where it is meant for some fans, but maybe not others. Like I I feel like that's othering, and that's not really what I want to say. But like I feel like I get where Ken's coming from, even though I didn't get exactly that feeling. I do understand it. It's like yeah, yeah. you pulled the toys out of the box, and you and it was an episode where all the bad guys and all the good guys were in it because that ne yeah. never happened, and it did things that were like you know you did as a kid, which was like. You know, Skeletor got the power sword. He meant we tell a story. We've, we've actually talked this a few times when we reviewed comic books. We're telling a story where He-Man dies. Now, what? Now that story is not necessarily going to be like finite, final. Excuse me. Ke I meant to say. Kevin Smith is putting the toys back in the box. He's going to have to. I mean, even if he isn't the type of person who would, and I think he is. Yeah. I think he's like a savvy creator who knows comics and stuff. Uh, like in the after show, that guy, the president of Mattel, was there. Mattel's not gonna be like, yeah, no, we're killing him. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> we're okay. No, yeah, they're gonna put the toys back in the box. Yeah, yeah. they're telling. They're not killing He Man. They're telling a story where He Man dies, and I think that's right. that's kind of what they wanted to do. Like we talked about with Spider Man when he went in Superior Spider Man. We talked about when Human Torch passed away. It's like it's that kind of a story. We want to do these things where we uh, we do things a little bit differently. We're not trying to take too many risks because I don't think the show does that. Um, I don't think it makes big risks. Um, I think it takes mild things that we did when we were kids. Mm. 
What if yeah, Skeletor I, won that one battle? Oh, I don't know. I think it takes some big risks as far as these things ever are big. I mean, like you could be savvy and be like, "Oh, I know this isn't going to last," but at the same time, like this is, you know, big, big choice to to kill him in the first episode and to effectively leave him for dead or kill him in the last episode. Yeah, uh, I, it's still hard for me to figure out who exactly. I guess for me, it's like when you look ask the question of why you're taking a a property and an IP and doing it again, bringing it back. The question is again, who is this for? So if this were some if this was targeting like older adults who have kids who are the age that they would have been when they were kids and watching the show, then, you know, I'm sitting my kids down to watch the new He-Man because I loved He-Man, right? Arguably, you know, that's DuckTales, right? I grew up watching DuckTales. I have a child now who's the age I was when I watched, sit down, watch DuckTales. And as long as it's geared approximately correctly, it, it works. And it, it and the, you know, the show's good and it lands. This version of He-Man does not feel like it feels like it's still aimed at me and not me and my kids in the room. And that's not just being Puritan and saying it's too violent. It's just there's a mixture of like, who are these people? What are the consequences of He-Man dying? I don't know who He-Man is yet. Uh, It's odd. So I think at the end of the day, we have to say it was made for us Uh, or maybe just some young people who knew He-Man from like Al said, the zeitgeist. Right, you kind of know about He Man. You know enough about him. You you know what it is? Toy collectors, right? They have the toys. They don't really care. They didn't really watch the show or or care much about the comics or the the, the story. They like the toys. They want to see these pun names coming back in and reimagined. Yeah. And so like, did it work? Uh, I have like an adage where I'm like nobody wants to read your Alice in Wonderland fan fiction. Is this Kevin Smith's Alice in Wonderland? Uh, <laughs> Tim Burton. Is this Kevin Smith's fan fiction for? And I think that well, it's definitely his fan fiction that got published for Mass of the Universe. But like, is it? Did you enjoy it? Did it bring anything to you as a viewer? I'm gonna Ooh. argue yes, actually. Yeah, you. Yeah, what was your favorite parts of it? Uh, you know what? The weird direction some of it took. Part of it was, you know, what I did like the buddy story of Tila and Evelyn teaming up. And actually, I like the relationship of Beastman and Evil Inn. Yeah. Yes, I agree. <laughs> you know, it was it was like it was like the 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 queen and her bodyguard essentially, or her attack dog, if you want, if you want. But um, you know, there, there was a even the whole Triclops cult thing was just so out there that it was different, and I'm like. I can get behind this. This is different. If Skeletor was gone and all of his henchmen had the free reign to try to take on some sort of mantle as their own to give themselves individuality because they were just these C-list people. Yeah, yeah. funkies. Like, yeah, yeah, seeing these guys try to rise up and do something was better than anything the 80s did in, in the cartoon. And Evelyn even says it like, man, I wasted my life doing this. Like if I had just realized at any point in time, I was worthy of my own like self-actualization. Like, you know, I could, I could have been the, the big one. Like I could have been stronger than he was. And like, and we see the, the villains try that out. And some of them succeed better than others. Some of them even get the other villains to be their flunkies. <laughs> Pete, what about you? What do you think? I think, uh, I think all of those were very interesting concepts. I loved the idea of Triclops and his cult. I loved the explo- the uh, the uh, relationship between Beastman and Evil Inn. Uh, I even liked that bit about Orko 
his his name came from uh, trying to say Oracle when he was a baby. Yep. There are tons and tons of really interesting ideas. And I feel like none of them were really explored enough. Yeah. You know, it's well, this. I'm sorry. I don't mean, it, except well, for maybe the Triclops episode, but yeah. What tri? Which one was the Triclops episode? Uh, the episode Ken two. has notes. Ken has notes. Which one would you call the Triclops episode? Now, I agree with what Pete's saying. Well, Ken looks I up thought, his notes. I thought the second episode was the uh, Tila do, does the quest for uh, Evil Lynn. Yeah, and that's and when you find out Christ. about Triclops. I'm saying, I'm saying there was no Triclops episode. Yeah, there, I get what you mean. Everything was jammed together. And nothing got attention. I would agree. I would. I'd like. I would have liked any of these to be built out more. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I needed it. I feel like there was enough, like vague. Like my, I'm. I was. So one of my one of the things that got me into fantasy, uh, and especially this like Masters of the Universe sci-fi fantasy, was like as a kid being way too imaginative, and I guess uh, unable to pick a schedule like i couldn't watch i think i've talked about this on podcast before i never like watched part two and part three of a three-part show like uh, the, uh, the captain uh the 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 abc weekend special was a nightmare for me because i would only watch one or two of the parts and never know how the story completed so i would always like kind of imagine how it would so i like the vagary i like being able to try to imagine what is going on in the side Uh, that doesn't mean that it wouldn't be good or even better if they had made it like a 12 part season uh and gave like a full episode on each of these characters it might have even quelled some of the whining about why is this focused on tila um uh, because you know you'd be focused on several different characters per episode. I don't know if it's necessary for me, but I do appreciate that. Like it is, these are all these like kind of half-formed thoughts. Uh, for where it backfires for me is when half-formed thought and like clunky writing go hand in hand, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, come on, no. So for me, Orca was ridiculous. I, Orca was probably one of my favorite. May have been one of my favorite, or, or, or only. Only po- like hero character I really liked because I was a stupid kid, and the whole Oracle thing I was just like, this is, this is too much. Cringer, do you know who named me? Stephen Root did a great job. All the voice act- acting was agree, great. Yeah, I, I will give them that. That was actually taken from the filmation. That Tila actually did name him Cringer. That's awesome. Uh, I I didn't manage to bring this up early. Uh, full disclosure, I haven't watched, I love T-Man. I haven't watched, I don't think I've watched an episode of the Filmation series probably since I was a little kid. None of this is me being like, oh, the original shows were so much better. Uh, obviously, I liked them at the time I was a kid, and I hope yeah. that they stand up for what they were if I watch them now. But it's not like, oh, this isn't canon. You screwed up canon. It's more like, um, you know, some of this, some of this worked and was interesting to me and some of it wasn't. Uh, for me, the 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 thing that worked the most, I think I maybe have skipped you out. Uh, did you want to go first? No, no, um, you, uh, what fi- worked, finish your thought. Yeah, then the thing that worked the works most for me was Skeletor. Uh, I love um, OG Skeletor. He was my favorite character in in uh, my favorite toy, at least. So I mean, he's a skull headed dude. Who? How can you go wrong? Um, but like the the vision of Skeletor, who also dies in the first episode, like I don't know why this lead gets buried. Well, people aren't complaining about that for some reason. It, because oh, yeah. he he. I'll explain w- that in a second. 
But oh. He wins. Like, he has this m- m- kind of masterful plan that is occasionally clumsily a- a- explained. I put my soul in your staff this whole time. I'm like, yeah, could have foreshadowed that a little bit harder. Um, but, like, it is a very clever, interesting, diabolical plan. And it, it makes Skeletor seem like a force of evil. Um, like a demon, the way they refer to him in the first episode. And like he is truly like sort of inhuman. You don't understand the the scale he's working on to come up with these plans. And that's that was really refreshing and interesting to me. Even the dialogue associated with it. Like I, I've complained about the dialogue here or there, but like you finally use that sword the way it was meant to be. That was, was like, good. oh man, yes. The fact that it was immediately was followed good. up with as the key to the the knowledge of power. I was, was like, a, all right, it's a little much. That it's was fine. A, I liked it, but it's a little, a little on the nose. But okay. Uh, Ken, did you? Uh, were you gonna? Well, I know, I know, Al had something he's been wanting oh, to say. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I was. I was gonna say like there's a there's a lot about this that I I kind of half agree on, um the stuff with things in the background and stuff like I feel like that was done about as well as I wanted it to because I didn't want us I I liked that there was still a Saturday morning cartoon show feel to the show it felt like it was just a little more like it wasn't adulted it was just modernized a bit it was it stakes were a little bit different than they were it was, it was so elevated I yeah I didn't want things to be explained and in, in and going to detail i liked the broad strokes and the generalities to it and i liked the violence wasn't etched up to 11 um as i said many times before i was praying to god this wasn't gonna be gi joe resolute where like mm. you know there was blood and gore and like uh like sexual yeah. situations Ugh, no, to this be is fair th- this is pg both in what it was ranked and what it feels like it's not yeah. we keep saying adult and we're probably overdoing it it's yeah. it is pg yeah yeah and i, I appreciate that because it feels like mm-hmm. it's just a pg version of the cartoon and that's what I wanted out of it. And I liked that it went that way because Smith could have very clearly made this a very raunchy kind of show. And I'm very glad he didn't. Um, and Ooh, it's kind Adam of. Smith? No. <laughs> no. No glove, no love. That yeah. love wasn't. But it's, I really feel like that was okay to me. But I feel like the reason you hit this on the head, why it feels weird and why it feels like we should be getting more, is the dialogue is really off with that exposition. There's some times where it's great. Like, all of the flashback scenes are really good. Uh, Tila saying, like, listen, uh, T-Man was a teenager and a sheltered one at that, so his humor was a little... Like, that was great! I, I thought <laughs> that there was, was like... No, there was a lot of really good dialogue. There was a little bit of over-explaining of things that didn't need to be explained. There were yeah. a few things of just, like, it's just those... It's just a little clunky, and it just kind of falls like a sack of rocks. Just, like, just really, like, oh, God, guys. There should have been another pass of this. And it's yeah. not that it's bad or that I want it more or this or anything. It's just the delivery was just a little off, just a little bit. And I think if it was fixed or gone over another another way, it it probably would have been fine. No one would have given a crap that we didn't have a Triclops episode or a whatever episode. Everything would have been kind of delivered in a way that we felt was digestible. Yeah, it seems. Well, at least it seems like that could have helped. But you know, could have, would have, we don't know. Yeah. Um, are, are you going to talk about dialogue with like Skeletor saying? You might say he's a faker. <laughs> no, that was great. <laughs> Everyone being that. named throughout this. I know, like, Pete, is that your favorite part? Or your... I, Every time someone gets a name drop, I'm like, no, I can't legally complain about this because it is ridiculous from it's the get-go. Weird. I loved all that for some reason. It was the... And it was when Skeletor went on that very long tirade about, like, and this is what the ancients did. And then I'm like, I'm like, 
buddy. This like so, to sync this a little bit better. Yeah, uh, and it, it's a lot harder for me to recall bad dialogue than it is the good dialogue. Yeah, because the bad dialogue was just sort of like, huh. and for me, like, I mean, the no glove, no love gag was a little iffy, but. Uh, then like all right so man in arms and tila their relationship mm -hmm. like i really like I know, I know people are saying it's the heart of this this arc but nah. no, there's a couple of moments there's a couple of moments where i'm like yeah i could it's cute his devotion to her and his davrosness <laughs> is pretty interesting in this but like there's a lot of like i will never trust you again for reasons and then later on, like, all right, I trust you. Please go guard the castle. Oh, he shows up, and then he's gone again. It's it's like a lot of it is just clunked together in a weird way that doesn't flow. Uh, uh, contrasted with like Evil Lynn, whose arc is beautiful, and it's yeah. not just like uh, Lena Headley's performance, which was amazing. Amazing, but, mm. but like she actually. When she's showing compassion to Orko, it kind of makes sense because it, it may not even be compassion. It may just be like, I need I need you to get out of this. So I need you to get out of your head. That's your parents talking. Get out of it. She doesn't suddenly switch gears and become a good person. Like it could still be evil in. And that's a, like a wonderful line when uh, I think Andrea says, uh, I don't know why I thought a person named evil Lynn would be nice. It is genuinely funny. <laughs> It is genuinely funny as a line. Yeah. And then there are times where it's just sort of like, mm, a second pass feels like it would have fixed a lot of this for me. But, but I don't I don't know. I don't but know. There, were, there was the evil in line where it said, and I was just actually starting to like you guys, which was like the best delivery of the entire series so far. Yeah. Some great vocal performances on this. It, at that point, she's like, it's like, what am I going to hang on the loser's side? No. I'm like, it's like, yeah, yeah. read the room. I mean, even <laughs> if she's going to want to help them later on because she wants to, you know, not to deal with Skelegod is what I think they're calling Skeletor now. Uh, I, I can <laughs> check the package. What do they call him? Oh, you oh, have Skelegod. About... That's, that's, oh, that's get out. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a bit. I'm not a big fan of his design on that. But uh, going, going back real quick, Frank, um, there was a moment I didn't catch it the first time, but I watched it again today. Um, right when uh, the Hall of Wisdom is opening, uh, Evelyn approaches Skeletor, and he actually reaches out and actually touches the ball of her staff. Oh, and he does. That was the moment that he started mm. transposing his essence. That's awesome. That's and great. there are some other moments. The second time this episode, I've been made to eat crow. It's delicious. Mm, yeah, there are, there are actually a few other moments where she's looking in her staff, and like you see the glowing in her eyes. Like I have to get this. I have to restore the magic. It's like like it's there are like and they're weird and they they don't foreshadow what exactly is going to happen, but it's like something's mm -hmm. up, and you're like and then when Skeletor comes out, it's like oh my god, that's what it was. That um, adds more uh, uh, question for me on whether or not Evelyn has. Yeah, even little like because a lot all her actions were to restore magic, but if she was under the influence of Skeletor at the time, hmm. yeah, uh, influencer was she working with him the entire time? Ooh, yeah, there's a lot of questions. I mean, was she really coming around to them, or was it all a facade? Mm, yes, uh, facade has got to be a character, <laughs> Fakor's cousin. Oh, I'm facade. <laughs> Get her done. I don't know why he sounds like that. I see one of those like pretenders transformers, the original oh, one. Oh no. <laughs> an average shell. Speaking it, of uh, speaking of transformers for a hot second, no. I want to say this because I like I've as a person who's been enjoying that media for a while, and like they have their own Netflix show 
that's on uh, that's on there streaming right now. And, and there's a new one of them. <laughs> next season coming out tomorrow. This show is done with so much more love and care than a lot of Transformers uh, shows have been done in the past few years. Uh, certainly more than the uh, than the Netflix show that's out right now. And it's really surreal to come in here and like watch the show and see so much kind of controversy about it. I'm like, literally, there's so much wrong with the Transformers show. Like they like they won't hire union actors, and like there's like a, a production issues with like the like so much random crap. And it's so weird to sit here and be like, but this show's pretty okay. And again, done with much more love and affection for that franchise than what I've been experiencing. Al, you just blew my mind, but Pete, say something. Um, um, excuse me, Al. Love and affection? Uh, Kevin Smith completely got Roboto's origin wrong. Excuse <laughs> me. I don't understand how you can love He-Man and get Roboto's <laughs> origin that wrong. Fair enough. Uh, the guy from Styx wasn't available. So... Mr. Roboto, no. All right, good. Yeah, so, uh, no, no. no, that that deserves the utter silence that fell afterwards. Domo arigato, Frank. Yeah. Domo uh, arigato. So, speaking of, again, super devoted, love the original series. Probably every episode I'd watch now, I'd immediately remember it as I was watching it. But horrible recall. All I really remember about Tila's origin was that she was a baby in a nest. And Man at Arms found her in, in the entry, yeah. Sorcerer was, sorceress was the one who laid the egg that was the baby. I know it's a little different than the comics. I don't really want it to be corrected. I don't care. I was going to say, yeah, there's a slightly different origin story in the uh, mini comics. I'm not going to get into that. This is yeah. a, uh, it's surprisingly not G rated. Yeah, it was very weird. Yeah. The one thing I found very off-putting was the moment where Duncan, it seemed like Duncan was going to completely spill the beans of everything to Tila, which I'm guessing was going to be her origin. Right. Yeah. And, and then, then Evelyn just putting a kibosh. I was just saying, we, no, don't, no, have no, no, no. we don't have time for this. This is only a five episode part one. <laughs> I had That's flash... might as well be what she said. Yeah. I had flashbacks to, uh... now I can't even remember it. What was the last uh, Star Wars movie? Uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Oh, when Skywalker. Finn's like, I gotta tell you something, and never comes back to it. Yeah. Nope, never did it. Or, yeah. or Palpatine's back for some reason. Uh, uh, you don't want to know what I was thinking. This is so <laughs> stupid. I thought, I honestly, Pete, I thought you were going to reference It's Pat. <laughs> Do you remember there's a scene in It's Pat where there? It's, it's such a dumb movie. It doesn't. <laughs> somebody walks in front of the uh, subtitles at one point where they reveal. Oh no! It doesn't matter. I don't know why I did this. <laughs> Evil Lynn, yes, definitely interrupted to say, "That's for part two. Um, Al, you blew my mind. I think you are absolutely justified and not right. I, there are issues with this thing, but I feel like it's something that's really good that almost didn't like. There are things that are just a little bit not good, but compared to like things that make more sense, Transformers which was an 80s series that uh, has been around throughout. Uh, I could, If a new cartoon came out, if Rescue Bots come out, I know who the audience for Rescue Bots is. It's a little kid. It doesn't have, it doesn't have to know anything about the original OG Transformers. Uh, but you look at Transformers and it's like roll a die, right? Or flip a coin, whether or not the adaptation feels genuine at all or good at all. Uh, yeah. Whereas this, I mean, pretty damn pretty been committed to some they, they there was a love there for the original property um yeah ken 
Well, I got a couple things, but it looks like Netflix and Mattel are both doubling down with the Masters thing because we have this show, but they've also announced that they're doing a second one, which is going to be a family-friendly show called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Yeah, they're, they're tr- that's the reboot series, I think, or like for like that's the kids' show of memory service. Right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. When, but it goes back to who's a show for? They're doubling down. They're doing it, I think, for everyone. Yeah, like we're gonna have another show just for essentially kids to enjoy. Yeah, everything is a universe. Everything is pro- IP that can never die has to be brought back and and streaming forever. I just uh, hope it's not Thundercats Roar again. I still haven't seen that. I I do. I think I we saw the first episode together and I liked it, but I almost uh, liked it because it was like, oh well, this is definitely not Thundercats. So in a way, like hmm. you know, like my issues with this He Man show was like. Oh, you know, not quite the way I imagined it, which is yeah. stupid. Um, but like, you know, a th- a roar version of it, a chibi He-Man would not at all be what I imagined from He-Man. So maybe it would be fun. I think at some point or other, if you make enough of uh, of a franchise, you can play around with what that franchise is, right? Spider-Man yeah. could be in a serious comic or he could be Spider-Ham. See Transformers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. But and then it could also be hit or miss and flip a coin. Yeah. But I think you, you know, at that point or other, you just have to like. I mean, that's Marvel, right? That's us as old school Marvel fans going to the movies every time. You're gonna mm-hmm. either see the version of the character you remember from the last 30, 34 years, or you're gonna see a new version and it'll either be good or not good, and you're just gonna have to accept it. And with in those cases, those movies are like super super powerful in the zeitgeist they will drown out any other version of the character if you really wanted to see another version of i was about to say the mandarin you're not gonna get a chance (laughs) oh wait maybe you will we are though we are yeah Yeah, which actually is super cool i mean marvel is just doing everything right right yeah well Uh, I, i was gonna say that like it's it's interesting that we bring up marvel because like i as i was saying before like they're we watch a lot of that marvel stuff like i was when we do rewatch as a franchise a lot of people who are fans of the marvel universe will rewatch the movies they don't even really like and i think like i was saying this at uh, at some point and james even brought this up way way back when we were doing the evangelion rewatch is that franchises hit a point where it doesn't matter if it's good and i think he-man and masters of the universe hits that a little bit too where people consume stuff and just go through it and like like they do with marvel a lot of the times so like they'll just keep going to the next movie over and over uh just because they want to consume the next thing in the franchise and i think the reverse is also true people will just sometimes avoid or like dislike something as their way of consuming it and their way of sort of going through it now there's no way wrong way to consume media and this isn't me like you know you make it someone else's problem that's a problem but i want to but it's also something to notice is like that's sometimes how people go through stuff it's sometimes how people interact with the thing that they like and like and because it doesn't matter if it's good they're just how it's how they're going to interact with it with things like the mcu and star wars there is a allegedly a through line a story that you have to watch all the way through right yeah so that makes you have to make horrible decisions about oh the, what's the viewing order of star wars how can i watch this without watching that horrible movie everybody hates in there which is odd but like you i kind of get it um I don't know just what the don't future watch is. solo. What <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people might. Go, it's weird. I actually kind of liked that movie yeah. when I saw it. But like yeah. when you watch like this, I don't. I mean, obviously, we're we're really 
predicting a lot of success from Mattel and Netflix on this if there is going to be anything past part two. Yeah. But like, what are the what do you do with a character like this afterwards? It's animated, so I guess you could keep making these stories for more forever. I think if you're talking about revisiting IP and still keeping it fresh and then letting it cool down and doing it again, I think you have to be less Star Wars, which is, you know, I think has a maybe 50-50 track record on that. Um, worth billions, so yeah, keep doing it. But like <laughs> it's you know, it's iffy. Some people like it, some people don't, and some people are kind of in the middle. Uh, I think the real success story is something like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where they can keep rebuilding this brand every few years and coming out with a new series and reinventing actually yeah yeah and people will be okay through most of it all all the other versions you know i'm sure there are people who like one version better than the other or whatever that's absolutely yeah that's that's just taste and weird about it yeah whatever that's just taste and there's always going to be jerks who are overly passionate but like wait long enough and you'll get another version that you might like better i mean wait long enough you might get another version of a live action movie you like better and it's weird i'm who knows if they're going to be able to keep this up forever uh and i don't know if that's really what he-man's gonna be uh but as far as the first attempt not in 40 years, which is what the marketing made it seem like, mm-hmm. but like what 10 years, 20, 20 years, halfway about 20, 20 years, yeah, yeah, about 20 yeah. years. 20 cool. years. The first attempt to revisit this this IP in a way where it's new content, not just like a Funko Pop. Um, I think it did okay, I think it did pretty okay. Um, you know, it, real quick, I know a lot of fans are having a lot of weird feelings about it. And they're calling themselves fans saying, they might be saying this isn't my He-Man. My question is how big of a fan are you? Because DC has been running the books for at least the last, what, eight to 10 years. And if you've read any of those, some of those are just as dark, if not darker than what we got on this Netflix show. And I mean, yeah, I, I would assume fans have, are, are, you know, eating up, anything masters of the universe and there's nothing spouted out about the comics i I know why kids don't read i think that's where we came in on and i think that's true i think a lot of these people were waiting for a cartoon (laughs) they weren't reading the comics back in the 80s and they weren't reading the comics right now so when this popped up it was their first like attempt to get it so all the vitriol came out Obviously, there are some people who didn't like the comics and have been, I guess, sort of browsing them or reading a little bit. I'm sure, and I'm not, I really don't want to be the type of person that says, if you don't like this show, you're a bastard, you're a monster, you're a hateful person. Yeah, yeah. Although certainly some people are. There's to complain about. There's, there's definitely things wrong with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, my, I guess we could do like roses and thorns on what we liked and what we didn't like on this. Uh, let's let's start with a round of crap. Let's what, Let's just things we did not like some of the dialogue has been uh, ham-fisted I, I i will say oh god things that i truly didn't oh my god i'm i'm other than the 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 really kind of like clumsy not world building even that was a yeah. little bad but like drama that was just sort of like forced in there uh that's pretty much my biggest problem. I, I there was something a little bit like uh, sloppy about it all. Uh, Al, I, I'm kind of in agreement with you because I think the worst part of it for me is the beginning of Tila's arc because I like it through most of the series. 
except the very beginning. It feels like there's one line of dialogue missing. Like I was even sitting there and like, she's very concerned about you lied to me about this thing. And now he's dead. And it's like, just say you literally made a teenager fight a war. You made a child yeah. go to war for you. And you, and you didn't tell his, his father about it. Like, like that line of dialogue is missing. And I'm like sitting here like, why? Like, mm. I, I guess because it's too real. Like it, it hits too much close to home, I guess. <laughs> because I they were know. planning on going back to it eventually. I <laughs> guess. But like, but like it, it justifies a lot of it, but it also, it feels weird. Like, yeah, they lied to you and I get why you're upset, but like, you're doing a very poor man's job of explaining it. Pete? But I, I'm, it's enough to get me on the ride, even though I didn't like it. Right. Uh, I, I was just going to say, in their defense, Tila is usually supposed to be depicted about the same age as Adam, if not younger. So I don't know that she would be upset about sending a child to war. Yeah. I think they were both of age that they could do battle she if needed. She's a lot older in this. Yeah, in she this, does. Yeah. She, she does. does in this. And and uh, Adam seems a lot younger in this as well. Yeah. yeah. Which um, is, I think that was probably some of my biggest uh, thorns mm-hmm. for this, where the 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 marketing that promised us a uh, a con- first a continuation, then a spiritual successor to the filmation series, because and they didn't deliver that, and I think they knew they weren't going to deliver on that. Because you know they changed stuff like, at like the age relationship between Adam and Tila, or the age portrayal of Adam. Yeah, and yeah. This like definitely Roboto not a continuation. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm with you on that, Pete. The marketing for these things is always weird. Like always, I, yeah, always. Like it, this is the Spider-Man. Spider-Man's dead. He'll never come back. Yeah, yeah, it's always the uh, hyperbole. It and, and it, uh, it's yeah. hard to and it's it makes it so hard to enjoy the product for what it is because you are constantly told, well, it's gonna be this thing. Like going back yeah. to Transformers, they literally said at one point, like, hey, we're gonna create the show. It's the Game of Thrones of Transformers. I'm like, what is that, that even? Sounds mean? so uninteresting. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? that so uninteresting. All right. Uh, Wait, who does yeah. Peter Dinklage play? <laughs> There's a lot of answers I could give, but I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, Pete, any more? Uh, that was about it. Oh, um, oh, what was it? Come back to me. We're so old. Uh, yeah. Ken, Ken, what, what, what are some of your thorns? The things you didn't like? I, actually, I don't know if it's that I appreciate it or it bothered me. It's a little bit of both, actually. It's the mixture of the different incarnations and media interpretations that Kevin Smith all mashed into this besides the original cartoon. Um, one being, you know, the, the reference to Moss man, he smells like pine. Oh my God. Yeah. Reference. Um, let the, uh, the first episode when uh, the battle between he man and Skeletor, let this be our final battle was the line Skeletor spouted by Frank Langella at the end of the, <laughs> the, the live action mm-hmm. movie. Um, and, when um, it's revealed that Adam is wielding the sword of power, Skeletor's line is "That boy is holding the power in his hands," which is the tagline for the for the uh, the uh, toy toys during the commercials. Mm. Well, like, don't forget mixed so much into this. Like, there's a there's a line between homage and the tedium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I don't know Pete? if I liked it or if it was just like, oh no. Yeah, I was, I was just going to comment on the. Uh, the first time we meet Adam, he basically goes through the I have a power speech piece by piece. 
Which oh, was, does he? Yeah. The only part I remember standing out is like, I guess I have the power. And I'm like, don't. That's another one of those ham fists of that. Thank you for reminding me of the line. It's like, does anyone have the power to help him pop this bubble? Oh, I guess I. It's just so, so yeah. bad. It doesn't have to be this bad. You, you obviously get right because some of it's really good. And then some of it's like, I, did, I, I can't. I'll be honest. I didn't mind it because some of it just was like one of those things where he said, uh, "Maybe I have the power." Wink, wink. They did a lot of that in the old '80s cartoon. Yeah, That's and true. again, none mm. of this is saying that the old '80s cartoon was, uh, un like untouchable, and we yeah. are we're trying to make it back. Like it could be bad. And also, I was like, I'm a little disappointed. Plus, it so my, I, I I'm just getting off topic. This, I, I'm going into my roses, uh, but the old '80s cartoons and the flashback parts were. They're clearly more like the old 80s cartoons, like when they're on the pirate ship. <laughs> it's like, why are they on a pirate ship? Oh, the Batman's uh, the uh, the Batman Joker team up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we formed yes. an unholy alliance. <laughs> yeah. The fact that he calls it an unholy alliance, like you're just dealing with Merman, but okay, <laughs> fine. Uh all right, sorry. Ken, uh, let's do it backwards now. Ken, what's something you really, really enjoyed or things you really, really enjoyed from the this? voice the voice actor homage is again with uh uh Skeletor or Merman, we get yeah. Batman and Joker together. I actually liked in the first episode with uh, Skeletor and Mossman, we have old Skeletor and new Skeletor trading dialogue together. Like mm. little things like that, I, I kind of appreciated and thought was neat. Yeah, uh, that, that was really good. All the voice work in general was amazing. Uh, I don't think I have anything to complain. The one I, I maybe had at least like love for was Cher Sarah Michelle Geller, And then afterwards, I think she was one of the few people that was remote the entire time she had like one day of recording and then COVID pulled her pulled her out and it was like yeah and she had a, and she had a lot of like dialogue heavy things she had to pull everything out so like she had the hardest time i think is what what i'm really reacting to i'm sorry i interrupted anything else ken or you want to move it to pete uh yeah no i mean I, again some of the choices we talked about earlier i kind of liked um i think evelyn actually had all the best lines of the show and mm. I, I think she was i think she oh, was I'll my uh, favorite that. part yeah mm. and 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 ultimately why doesn't duncan listen <laughs> that's all i gotta say why does he showed listen? up on a water ski like so many owen wilson's um <laughs> deep hypothetical deep cut pete what are some things you really loved about the show i liked uh the obscure references i liked that we finally saw scare glow yes. yeah yeah and I, I liked the way they uh they played with his origin a little bit the, uh, yeah. the the old controversy because his packaging for those of you who don't know his packaging said uh, was it the Skeletor's evil ghost. <laughs> and this is always garbage. <laughs> people dated people debated forever. You know, is he the ghost of Skeletor? <laughs> like, did Skeletor die and become a ghost? Because the way a they ghost phrased that works it with him. Yeah, yeah, is he a and, ghost that's owned by Skeletor? Yeah, and they played with that with the. Uh, when mm. when Tila saw him, it's like Skeletor. He's like not quite. Yeah, uh, and we we got to see Wondar, the uh, oh, the elusive Wondar. Wonder Bread promo figure. Yes, he allegedly. Oh, Frank doesn't know about this. What? When was where where was Wondar in this? Wondar was in uh, Preternia. That was the other uh, thing. That was my other thorn. He okay, was the one okay. wearing the, the black Zodak armor. Black okay. Zodak or Brunette He-Man. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, but I was upset that they changed Preternia to the afterlife. Yeah, that was a weird choice. Valhalla, instead of just the past. Yeah. I mean, it was always kind of weird that Eternia had a different name in the past, but and that it just fits so well with our Roman uh, <laughs> prefixes. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. I, I didn't like that they changed that. But I also liked, uh, let's see, we had Wondar. Hero. We had, Hero was good. He was Hero was okay. I didn't care so much about Hero. And Grayskull. Uh, yeah, Grayskull. And mm. was it Vicor? Vicor. Vicor, who was the original uh, prototype toy for He Man. Yes. It was the original sketch that they drew for him. Yeah. yeah. And he had the Viking helmet on with the horns. And uh, so they renamed him Vicor. And what was her name? The uh, the the woman in the bird costume that couldn't I, speak. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, she's other crooked. sorceress, I think is her yeah. name. Yeah. Kind of sorceress. Yeah. I, I don't remember. She wasn't uh, Tila Na, was she? No. No, yeah. we would have. Yeah, no, we would have. We're not going to go into that. that. <laughs> we're not going to get into that. That's a but, very, very uh, slippery slope. Any other? Uh, we got a little bit into thorns, but any other things you wanted to like that you really highlighted that you liked? <sighs> that we finally got Stinkor. Yeah, an animated Stinkor, and that he he resisted the urge to say uh, Snoogans or yeah. Snoochie yeah. Boochies. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's like endless cuts that they had to just remove, <laughs> remove. I, I, I actually had a weird question that went through my head watching Roboto. Apparently, so if he has Duncan's memories in him, how long ago was he built to know what, how many of his memories actually exist? I don't. That didn't track well for me at all. There was a reference. Then that feel that whole bit felt like a reference to something I could no longer remember. Either it was a comic I didn't read or it was an episode I just lost. It had to be a comic because I actually yeah. just rewatched the episode that introduced Roboto on the Filmation series. Uh-huh. And Roboto was an explorer from a race of robotic beings right? that crash-landed a- on Eternia. Maybe it was a 2000X one because that's that's how his story in that one. So it tracked for me because I watched oh. that show and that was his backstory, yeah. and I watched it, and I was like, "Yeah, that's Roboto." Um, Duncan so- did build him in the mini comics too. Yes. Yeah. So it's all over the place. It's interesting. Um, Ow. But, how about but you? they said they said this is taking over from the uh, taking off from the filmation. So yeah. that means that Duncan, when he repaired this crashed, uh, <laughs> put his brain this crashed in. explorer, hmm. superimposed his memories over. Robotic. I don't like any of these brain patterns. <laughs> you know who has a good brain? Me. <laughs> Put that in there. See what happens. Yep. yep. All right. I'll Sorry. Go ahead, Al. Yeah, oh, Al. What are some um, of your? We said this already, but Scareglow. Everything having to do with Episode Four, I loved. Like I, that one was like I was I was kind of okay with the series, and Episode Four hit, and I was like, oh wow, all right. I love everything in this. Everything having to do with it, and Scareglow is awesome for a nothing character I didn't care about before. I now think is the coolest thing ever. Uh, so that one really hit hit pretty hard for me. Um, I like the new character. I think her name is Andre- Andrea, right? Andra. I thought she was actually Andra. She's Andra. That was it. Um, like I liked her a lot actually. Like every, she she also didn't have a bad line in the in the entire series. Um, no love no love. I don't like that line. <laughs> can, I can I just say, I and this is gonna upset all the uh, angry people out on the internet, but mm. I just want to point out that Andra 
is from the Latin root Andros, meaning man. <laughs> there. Now you can watch it and be okay yeah. with it, I guess. There you go. <laughs> sure. I, I know I know Al apparently had a lot of love for that fourth episode, but I'm just so curious. If Orko was so decrepit, where did he get all his power from at the end when fighting Scareglow? Uh, uh Within himself, like believing in himself, power, friendship. I'm, 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 actually, <laughs> actually, so, I will somebody's say somebody's actual dialogue would have been awesome if, if Evelyn was like, "Yeah, oh, positivity." When he, uh, <laughs> when they were going towards the portal, going mm -hmm. there, Orko oh. did say he felt his, he felt uh, magic being strong, becoming stronger. Yeah, oh, they, they, yes. they, they, they did explain that the magic in preternia and subternia still existed. So maybe when the portal opened, he was whatever. I just it just seemed way yeah. too quick and out of nowhere that all of a sudden he's fighting Scareglow that was beating the crap out of him during the whole episode. Mm -hmm. But they wrote that part before they wrote the magic dying. So you know, so there's yeah. there's it tracks in there. it 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 magic tracks. Yeah, um, magic is is is. Precocious and evil, but precocious magic tracks. Yeah. Trademark non-productive. <laughs> uh, so uh, the voice work was amazing. Uh, the animation was really good too. It was. I think people are saying it, it was phenomenal, and it was, you know, pretty. There were some moments yeah. that were just sweet. Uh, mm. Swamp Thing uh, as Moss Man uh, getting torched was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, a little. Again, it was like this mix. It was like ham-fisted that. You know, Mossman is effectively just Swamp Thing. Kevin Smith was like, "I really like Swamp Thing. I'm going to put Swamp Thing in there." <laughs> uh, he's going to be hanging out in the in uh, 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 Castle Grayskull, and oh, yeah. then he gets sent to Preternity, Preternia because uh, reasons. But and what like, the hell? We'll give him Skeletor's voice. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, like, but like parts of it work really well, and then parts of it are like, "This is a little. I don't know why. This is a little odd." But ultimately, I really did enjoy it. Like it was a cool moment, and seeing Mossman, uh, like have an important role, and then getting torched, and then Skeletor's big plan—the whole wrapping around it—was like I am a Skeletor stan, to use the <laughs> phrase the kids use today. I've always loved Skeletor more than almost any other character. Uh, almost independent of what he does on the show because he's a buffoon on the show right you know, oh yeah he's totally and inept. but yeah, he's a smart and ass too and he's really a funny smart ass sure hey, yeah. quiet, you boobs exactly funny great voice uh awesome look the laugh awesome look awesome toy great laugh it's a lot to love about the character even in, like he wasn't the one i wanted to be you know but like he was still like so much fun to think about um and over the years people have tried to like you know, I guess Darth Vader him and give him backstory and you know make him the 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 Keldor. Yeah, and all that. And I'm a hit or miss. I'm looking really. at you, Frank Langella. <laughs> They're trying to Frank Langella him. You know what I mean. Uh so it's very hit or miss, but something about this made him like made we revisited this is really truly going back to the source material, which uh, interestingly enough, does not exist. Going back to the source material and making this demon Skeletor someone interesting, scary, terrifying, funny, and uh, seeing him win at the end kind of put a chill up my uh, up my spine. To be honest, yeah, was I was looking at the injury He Man suffered. I said it's on his side, a little on the nose, 
he got stabbed through his, his side. But at the same time, you know, like he can make it. He can make it. So I was yeah. a little worried, but like I don't think you could get the tension I had for He-Man at the end of this without the way they played it in the beginning, without killing him in the beginning, thinking this show might actually make that choice to kill He-Man and then wait till the last episode where eh, I'm not I'm coming back. Don't worry about it. And then dying. That that second death is the kick that made me excited for part two. Yeah, which I would say is how you tell a story. Um, actually, real yeah. quick, I think that's actually my favorite. Uh, my other favorite part of this this series was actually taking as a spiritual successor of the '80s show, making Skeletor competent and one of his plans actually finally working, and yeah. seeing what how that would have panned out. Yeah, there's a lot that this show kind of maybe misled people about, or but a lot the the hyperbole that the internet is blowing up. And I think more importantly, that articles on the internet are blowing up. I think people are yeah. like selecting the weird takes and examining and blowing them up out of proportion. Um, like this is, a, this is a hero's journey. Sure. And Tila and Evelyn, I think are the focus of it in many ways, but it is an examination of the hero hero. That is uh, to titular. For most yeah. of the masters of the this universe, this is definitely a He-Man show. It's, I mean, like yeah. he may not be present at all times, but he's still there spiritually. It's a, it's, it's a story about him. In five episodes, it's very hard to do to discuss the the point of a hero of a character with that character being the main character. Everything going, it would just be constant exposition of people talking behind He-Man's back, going like, "Isn't he interesting? Doesn't his isn't his isn't his role in Eternia kind of mixed <laughs> up? Like it would be weird if he was just yeah. there the whole time when they were talking about his legacy. Where's so, He-Man? Yeah, I wonder what He-Man's doing right now. <laughs> the Poochie, yeah. the Poochie of the Masters of the Universe. I I love it. Yes, absolutely. Um. Yeah, there. I, like I said, there's a there's a a lot to love about this show, and a lot of things that maybe needed to uh, to be worked on. I I have one question before we wrap, though. What the hell was Motherboard? It looked very familiar. It almost looked like that. It looked like Talon Screech. Fighter Screech. The uh, there was Zoar the bird, and then there was the purple blue bird. The opposite. Oh yeah. That's who it was. Because it was the same lighting, too. It was blue and purple. Does anyone remember anything about what Screech's deal was? Zoltar. Zor was the... Zor wasn't actually Sorceress, though. It was Sorceress. Well, she would turn into the Sorceress, you know. So it was. They played it differently sometimes. Yeah. It was weird. But I, I believe it was supposed... That Zoar was supposed to be the Sorceress's right. falcon form. Right, and okay. there was at least one episode where Screech was a robot bird, some sort of mechanical bird. So that could kind of track with the new and show. That might work. Yeah. yeah. All right. I cool. hadn't even put that together. It looked, wow. and that's a lot of fun. That's going to be fun to rewatch this. I and I think I might. Five. That's the other benefit of doing five episodes as opposed to doing like twelve or twenty-four and giving everything its yeah. own episode focus. Is that you can kind of you can watch it all and discuss it. It's mm. effectively a like this was weirdly positioned, but this was a mini. This was a mini movie as a, a an attempt to relaunch the brand, and mm. they didn't call it that because I don't know. Probably most of those words are death knells in the marketing department, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't know a, that this I, would have worked as a movie. 
actually. Yeah, but yeah, I think as an actual like sit there for two hours and watch it, no. But I think like the fact that I can go back and watch five episodes if I want and get the entire yeah. experience again and dissect it is yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mini series much easier than if it were like a 12 part thing. Right. Um, okay, overall, I'm sorry, yeah, Peter. I was gonna say if, if we're gonna be wrapping things up, I've got one question to ask that I haven't heard anybody. Any of the other reviewers online uh, answer, I think, truthfully. I don't think I, they've even answered this question. But my question is, whatever you thought of uh, of Revelation so far, the first five episodes, part one, are you going to watch part two? Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it was, yeah. There was a yeah, lot more hit than yeah. yeah. Absolutely. There so, was a lot. Yeah. yeah. For all the hate out there, we're still going to yeah. watch. I want to yeah, see what other, I, what, what, I want to see what other vehicles that we didn't get to talk about show up too. Right? That oh yeah, the, the, we the didn't talk about. The land shark it. was in there. The <laughs> land shark. I'm so glad it was in there. The but thing no attack the track. Rates. Not yet. Yeah. Um. Maybe you just said is attack track the um weird horse thing that he man fly per. No, no, no. no. What, what is the, that one? It was the thing that like with the weird tank treads that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. attack track. Like yeah, a, I know. There was like two wheels on each side, but they were like, yeah, it would like flip back. There's a but the toy was completely different from the cartoons. Yes. Yeah. There's a flyer who's uh, that one was in the, this the wind raider. Oh, wind raider yeah oh no no are you thinking of the one that was like a falcon no uh, that that was actually what i thought uh the motherboard bird thing was uh but then uh, screech or which now yeah. i can't think of what yeah, that no, they was. had what that, what that was uh Tal like, talon fighter talon fighter oh, yes. this is literally the most intolerable thing for a person to be watching right now uh because either they know the answers to all these things or they're shouting it to their screen or they're like iman who was who literally stepped in for a few minutes <laughs> is it is his name scareglow and i said <laughs> yes and she's like huh and she walked <laughs> Have you not introduced her to Clamp Champ yet? Uh, no, none of it. None of it. Oh, uh, my God. They're so bad. They're so bad and so good. Uh, I really wanted, if we had time to plan this, I wanted us all to have like Masters of the Universe names in our lower thirds. Uh, maybe maybe in a couple of months. Yeah. Well, all right. Yeah, that's right? our homework assignment. Homework assignment part for, for part two. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. It's great to talk shop. And it's also really, really great to, even if you don't love something or, you know, just to be like, to be normal about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, really. Just to be normal about it. Things are good, so things are not that great. Things are yeah. okay, but like, we don't have to be, we don't have to write a manifesto. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely amazing uh, to to talk about this with friends again. I love the fact that Master of the Universe is getting a resurgence. I hope it sticks, and I hope there's plenty of awesome little toys I could purchase as impulse buys. Adorable. I want those. I adorable. want them. Adorable. So adorable. Um, and oh, an actual Cringer. You could take off his Battle uh, Cat's helmet, and he looks and sad. It, it looks like Cringer, yeah. <laughs> Which is a it's choice. It's so big, though. Like, I look at the size of this thing. It's huge. Yeah. It is a choice to say, he's Battle Cat. Don't Where'd take off his helmet out? or else you'll know. Oh, I got these at Target. Like, they're like they're right at my local Target. Yeah, we're they're, being sponsored by Target now. So. There, there, there goes my next paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so from all of us here at Nonproductive to all of you, stay tuned for the end credits for a very, very important announcement.
Hey, Skeletor! Yes, Joker? We sure had a lot of fun today, didn't we? Oh, we sure did! And you know what else is fun? No, what else? But you're the Joker! How do you not know what else is fun? I... I don't... I... I wear cuckoo banana pants! Oh, alright, yes, right! You know what else is fun? Yeah, what else is fun? I, hitting subscribe on this channel! <laughs> Oh, you don't seem convinced. No, seriously. I learned something today. If you... I'm going to get close to the camera, uncomfortably close. Hey, look at me. If you want to show support to uh, the independent creators and not just these huge media franchises, you should like, follow, subscribe. That whole deal. Uh, specifically, subscribing to us on YouTube and Twitch really does... To do the trick. It really gets me in my funny bone. <laughs> that should be my joke. I lost my bone. <laughs> also, Superman is here. Yay! Subscribe, like, and follow. We learned something today. And, and knowledge is power. Boom. I don't... Guys, guys, I don't I really think... I don't think any of this is on brand. Subscribe today. You got it all, buddy. Yeah, we are buddies. I'm Batman. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.